This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, this is Sean Daly with Green Talk Radio. Very excited to be talking uh, today about a topic that we've covered on the show before. Uh, we talked about spas and the spa experience, but today we're going to be taking a slightly different angle on the topic, which is talking about destination spas. In the past, we've talked about green spas, and so this is really important for those of you who are, love to do uh, travel, love to travel, like to you know pamper yourselves but you don't necessarily like the excess that goes along with it in terms of living greener and more sustainably. So we're going to be talking about other ways to um, achieve that experience without maybe the guilt associated with a, a normal sort of spa or luxury uh, travel experience. And to talk with me on that topic today is Mike Mueller and Elena Nelson, who are the co-founders of Perfect Earth Tours at perfectearthtours.com. Mike and Elena, thanks for being with us today. Hey, Sean. How's it going? It's going very well. How about you guys? All right. It couldn't be better. Minus 25 and everything's beautiful. <laughs> now, that's right. You know, you're, you're, in, you're in the Yukon province of, of Canada. It's literally ne it's negative 25 degrees there? Well, I think it was uh, 22 or 23 negative, yes. Uh, and that's Celsius, so convert that into Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. Uh, the, uh, we, we meet at about minus 40, so we're not quite at the, at the same level. Oh, wow. Well, so how, how do you, I mean, don't you go outside and it's like you go outside and your nose freezes and you can't breathe? I mean, that's the kind of cold you're talking about right now. A absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 it's bone-chilling cold, except that what most people don't realize about the Yukon, and especially Whitehorse, is that Whitehorse, in regards to uh, humidity and precipitation, is actually Canada's driest city on an annual average. So it's a very desert-like surrounding, but it is cold, but it's a dry cold, so it's very, very survivable, and it's actually, when, the, when it's blue sky, it's, 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 it's beautiful outside. Yeah, I imagine. I've seen the, the photos on, on your website as well, and it looks breathtaking. Uh, so I'm curious, I mean, t talking about the, the resort itself, uh, I know the company name is Perfect Earth Tours, and you've got this, the, this, the resort itself is apparently North America's first and only five-star luxury, ecologically sustainable alpine spa resort. So, so tell, tell us about the, the, you know, the genesis for the idea of the resort and kind of where, you know, what its intended purpose is. Well, actually, I'm, 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 I'm going to even be so bold as to say, based on our research, we're not even only North America's only 99% sustainable organic uh, eco-spa resort, but uh, based on what we found out, there is no other facility on this planet that can actually claim the same kind of organic sustainability. Um, it's, it's, it's sad, but I think things are changing, and our goal for Perfect Earth Tours for the spa and resort was to create something that will showcase what's possible, at the same time profitable, and then on top of that, totally exotic and fun. Hmm. So uh, when Elena and I got together and figured out what do we want to do with the rest of our lives and how can we help everybody else and make a living and, and just do the right thing, uh, we came up with uh, 
perfect Earth Tour Spawn Resort. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear about how you've gotten around. I mean, what would be an apparent dichotomy in having this, you know, the luxury eco spa type of experience, I mean, whether it's eco spa or, you know, spa in general, with achieving that sort of sustainability and how do you sort of achieve that balance? Uh, well, I mean, if you think in terms of what luxury is, um, one of the things that we thought of when coming up with the idea for Perfect Earth Tours was um, where would we go right now in the world traveling ourselves where we would feel comfortable staying and using the products and services knowing that they were having the least impact and, well, as Mike pointed out, there doesn't seem to be anywhere. You can go to certain places that have standards for, for green, but they don't quite go all the way. So for us, what luxury means is being able to go into the spa and have uh, potions and lotions applied to your body that don't you don't have to be thinking, okay, what is this exposing me to? Is this going to make me sick? What happens when it goes down the drain? So in our uh, spa and resort, really focused on making sure that everything we do doesn't have uh, or has minimal impact on the earth and of course if it has minimal impact on the earth that's minimal impact on us as well and um, everything that we're, we're doing is based on lowest impact and sustainability and organics and, and how can you not feel good about that well, definitely, and so, but I'm curious. So, you mentioned the products. So, you know, as far as the products going down the drains and the, the ecological sort of consciousness of of what you're using there, uh, and I certainly know that spas use a lot of product, you know, from you know oils and lotions and creams and and, and what have you. Um, what else about the property? Can you kind of give us a sort of virtual idea of what it's like to be on the property and in and, and what other ways uh, you guys are being organic and sustainable? I mean, yeah, it it, it goes. I, it goes back all the way. Like when we when we came up with the idea and said, like, what can we do in order to claim to be ninety nine percent? We're just not going to use the word hundred because it's always something that we miss or forget or whatever. But what can we do in order to actually claim the standard that we're claiming? And we've gone all the way down to the fact that simple examples: the staff clothing that all of our staff we have about thirty staff on hand. Um, all of all of the clothing that we supply is based on organic cotton, organic hemp. Uh, down to the underwear, the socks, the shoes, the building material is 100% sustainable organic. And we go to the extent that the, that the actual resort, when it gets built in the spring, operates throughout the season, and the entire resort gets dismantled in the fall so that when the migratory animals go through or the wintering animals go through, there's no trace of, trace of any human activity during their main, main, main traveling time. So we've, we've tried to figure out Anything and everything that's involved in regards to the bedding, organic cotton, organic mattresses. We're having some Amish mattresses from an Amish fact, uh, 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 mattress factory that we're looking at and putting in. <laughs> and the bed frames are made, uh, are made of organic wood. I mean, it, it goes down to basically everything that we've put into the resort, we would only take it if it was built and produced with an organic sustainability, fair trade, no child labor, uh, and all that kind of stuff involved. If it didn't fit that category, we wouldn't even consider it. And if it did fit that category, it had to also be ultra-luxurious. Mm -hmm. So that's how far we went. Okay, wow. Well, that, that sounds like certainly a soup-to-nuts type of approach <laughs> in terms of, uh, I don't think I've ever heard anything of, to, to that level. So how do you get around, uh, uh, you know, the uh, speaking of dichotomies or apparent dichotomies, 
how do you get around or do you get around the idea that in order to get people to the resort, you know, it really involves travel, which in most forms involves, you know, jet travel and, and things that are um, obviously not very green for the earth. I mean, mm-hmm. do, do you accommodate that element in any way? Yeah, I mean, the beautiful part is we've teamed up with a company, a Swiss, Swiss company called Planet Air. Planet Air is probably one of the two or three leading offset companies on the globe. It's actually the same company that does the offsetting of Gorinus tours. And uh, they approached us and, and, and saw what we did and wanted to showcase uh, an offsetting program. So every single guest that flies in from their home departure airport to Whitehorse and then the travel on the private plane to the resort, every single mile that these guests are in the air is immediately offset through that Swiss offset company so that we can actually claim even the travel as, as controversial as the offset program may be, but it's the only alternative that we have. And even the travel that the people do, we're doing our part in order to um, participate in programs, and we charge the customers accordingly, and the money goes straight to the uh, offset company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, certainly that uh, that's an element that would be difficult to change if somebody needs to get from, you know, say uh, across the world or, you know, even from the United States or so forth. It, it's it's difficult to do it in, in a completely green fashion. Travels and un- unfortunately inherently ungreen and in many ways, uh, unless you're traveling, you know, in a, in a certain radius from your home, you know, a few hundred miles or so, you might be able to do it pretty sustainably but past that and, and, and I'm you know I'm guilty uh, of that myself I mean I, I that's one of my guilty pleasures I, I very much enjoy traveling because I I love to go into other cultures and you know speaking other languages and just enjoying other uh, environs and so it's one of those things where you know I, I don't think we can all be perfect and if we're going to do it I think we have to pick our battles and make it count and, uh, I mean, and make sure that it's a, it's a good experience yeah I mean that, it comes down to the fact uh, Sean the people are going to travel. I mean, un- until the people stop traveling, they are. Uh, we got to deal with the fact that if you have the money, if you can spend twenty, thirty, two thousand, whatever the amount is, if you can spend money t- and you ha- have the time, people are going to travel. So, in re- besides the fact, what do they do once they reach their destination in regards to minimizing their impact on the environment? How do you minimize their their effect on on the environment during their travel? And the only thing we have right now, when it comes to air travel, is is uh, these offset programs. That's true. I mean, there aren't a lot of options. We are hearing announcements from airlines like Virgin and others that are trying to make, you know, greener, but it's a relative term, right? Greener yeah. air, airplanes and such. But, I mean, you're, so, you're talking about jet fuel. You're talking about, you know, carbon emissions that, that are, are sort of, you know, exactly. off the scale. So, yeah, it, it is unfortunate. But, you know, it's interesting. I don't want to go too far down this tangent because I want to talk more about uh, the, the spa aspects. But, you know, it's it, another thing that, that my concern would be is if we – my dream is of global sustainable travel – uh, in terms of technology delivering that possibility because for me a lot of the world's problems today are based on cultural divides uh, that are based on not embracing one another's and understanding one another's culture so you know if travel was to uh, I, I don't think you know Americans as a culture travel enough quite frankly outside of our own country <laughs> so you know that's again you, you run into this you know this sort of um, uh, split there where it's uh, it's difficult to reconcile the two together um, but uh, at, least, at least we're thinking about it at least we're thinking about it. And we're trying to come up with different ideas well, and it's true, and I and I think, and, and at least, quite frankly, you know, at least Silicon Valley uh, is, is dumping enormous amounts of money into the technology, and that's re- really where it comes from. The bottom line is, it, it takes money, it takes investment, and it takes the technology uh, to make that happen. 
And so and there's the a lot odd of thing is on on this subject, and then then I'll let it go. One of the things that's happened over the last couple of months actually is that through the the media attention that uh, Perfect Earth Tours has gotten from 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 other sources, um, people have contacted us and, and and approached us with the thought of you know well you've got this thing up and running in the Yukon. Uh, what's stopping you from putting three or four or five different locations all over the planet in order to minimize traveling from other locations? That's a good point. And that's 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 one of the things that we're going to be looking at in 2009. You know, perfect Earth tours is not is not uh, can, cannot only happen in the Yukon. It can happen in Russia. It can happen in China. It can happen in Germany. As long as you have the locations and the whereabouts, it doesn't matter where it is. And yeah. if you have if you have a, if you have a scenery to go along with it and you put four or five or six locations all over the planet, then all of a sudden you cut the travel by the majority of the people down to a fraction of what they'd have to do in order to get, come to, to northern Canada. Well, that's a good point, and I want to hear more about that. We're going to take a quick commercial break for, uh, to hear from our sponsor for the show for today, and then we will be right back with Mike and Elena from Perfect Earth Tours online at www.perfectearthtours.com. And we'll be right back. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Hey, everyone. We're back now, and I'm here with Mike Mueller and uh, Elena Nelson from Perfect Earth Tours. They're the co-founders of the company. It's North America's first and only five-star luxury, ecologically sustainable Alpine Spa Resort. That's a mouthful. <laughs> and we were talking about going global with this. You know, we were talking when we before the break. We were talking about the idea of you know that when you only have one location versus multiple locations. Obviously, this is a business and a financial issue to be able to create that scenario. But um, you know that that brings me to another question, which is, what is the operational budget like? in dealing with the decision to go green and be ecologically sustainable to this point in a resort. I mean, it's got, I mean, just running a, a resort normally is, I know is very expensive. My, my, my family has been in the hotel uh, business my whole life and uh, that's been my father's work. So I'm, I'm, I'm intimately familiar with the costs of, of running properties and things. So I can only imagine that this just takes it even to another step. How, how can you make that sustainable from a financial se- uh, standpoint? Um, it, it's interesting. I mean, yes, our overhead, our, our, our operational costs are rather high. But oddly enough, uh, Sean, the reason for our operational costs to be high are more based on the luxury aspect than on the organic aspect. Because truth be told, after our research and, and ordering products and buying stuff back and forth, we have found that in many, many cases, if we compare the purchase of organic products to the purchase of non-organic products, the bottom line, the actual net bottom line in regards to uh, uh, purchasing power, the organic products turn out to be cheaper. And the same goes for the actual operational uh, budget of the resort. We have no fossil fuels on the resort, which means we have no generators, which means we have no malfunctions in that regard, which cuts down on the cost again, too. So all in all, we, I mean, we did perfect earth tours with no bank financing or with no backers financing, just our own private funds, hmm. and we found out that compared to what we would have to, have to spend to build a similar resort on a non-organic base, we actually saved money doing organically. What we did have to do is spend a lot more time researching where to get stuff and how to bring it into the resort and all that kind of stuff. I see. But the actual costs were, at best, even, in many, many cases, we actually, we actually saved money going green. 
Well, that, that's very inspiring to hear because I you know when this is something we've heard on this program before with previous guests about the idea that, you know, really ultimately in, in the large majority, I'd say 80% more of the cases where companies are running a green sustainable business model or even consumers purchasing products is that it can be when, when done correctly, um, you know, it, it ends up being a net uh, wash or even possibly cheaper in the long run, in many cases, cheaper in the long run to, to go the greener route. So, but, but at a luxury spa resort level, I would not have expected that so that's that's pleasantly surprising um i'm curious now i know you guys have this really this sort of um well before i even ask this question i wanted to ask you can you give us sort of a i know the the resort opens in in may of 2008 is that correct may 28th is the opening ceremony okay so for what you've envisioned for the the visitor experience can you give us a quick walkthrough i mean literally from you know, we've already talked about the air travel aspect, but landing landing on the doorstep and, and what is what would I expect from my experience at your resort? Well, um, when you arrive, uh, we had originally envisioned that people would ride horses for a, probably about an hour or two into the site, but we had realized that some people might be a little bit uh, apprehensive or unable. Well, well, you know, now I'm sorry that I didn't ask from the town because I get it. <laughs> I get what you're saying. You're saying you're saying it's door to door. So I, I apologize. I my my vision was was lacking there. Okay, so that's very cool. All right. Well, could, please continue. I just wanted to interject that apology. Okay, no problem. Um, so instead of actually having the guests ride horses, we come up with a stagecoach or a carriage that uh, will carry the people in, and we'll have a, a long enough ride so that they can uh, see the awe and. Uh, and beauty of the Yukon in our area. Mm-hmm. And Elena, I'm just going to ask you to speak up just a little bit more and uh, boost your volume if you can because it's just a little bit difficult to hear you right now. Okay, sorry about that. No, that's okay. Thank you. Okay. So um, in the resort, we have the guest accommodations are in 24-foot diameter teepees um, that we have been able to make out of organic cotton um, for the first time ever, teepees with organic cotton. Um, the... Uh, TPs will be set up as luxury hotel rooms for our guests, two staying in a, in a room together um, with two queen-size beds, a fireplace in the middle, um, a personal bar, a sitting area, dressing area, vanity table for making yourself beautiful up there in the, in the wild. Um, as far as uh, there's going to be a dining pavilion with a lounge, uh, a cooking tent for our um, for our chefs, for our chefs um, staff tents. Um, we will have two spa tents for our uh, another uh, set of two 18-foot diameter TVs that'll be set up for our spa services. And as well, we're uh, going to arrange to get a sweat lodge, a, a native sweat lodge on the site, so that people can go and have sort of a sauna experience there. Um, for their daily activities, there's all sorts of hiking, uh, wildlife viewing, they'll be canoeing on the, on the bay. Um, For the five-day trip, we have the air balloon excursion. That's right. Uh, we have our own hot air balloon on the resort. Um, it's The entire resort, being even in the middle of nowhere, is a satellite wireless hookup, so if they have to come, they can actually bring their, electro- their electronic equipment. It's solar-powered, and they have internet access 24-7. Um, and then we have our musical guests. Oh, yeah. The last, the last evening of every trip, we're bringing in some exclusive musical guests to provide a very intimate and personal uh, concert for our guests. Yeah. 
it's, it's actually rather interesting. Each we have 27 trips throughout the season, and each of these trips or tours is accompanied by one singer songwriter singer songwriter celebrity guest. So they actually fly in to the resort base with with the with the singer with the performer, get on the co- on the horse carriage, ride to the resort, spend three to five days doing their thing, and then on the evening of the last day, everybody sits down and very well-known people that are part of the performance uh, uh, lineup do a little private uh, concert for our 10 guests. That's great. So you, so you run this as, so it's not a revolving door. It's done as a group experience. It's not, it's not a group experience. Anybody can book individuals or, or singles, but because of the location and the way that the whole setup is, we, we have a max capacity of 10 guests. I see. So when, when they come into Whitehorse, all of these 10 guests come in on the same day, then we transfer them to our plane. That plane flies into the to the resort base. Then they get on the onto the stagecoach and get ridden or traveled or carried into the resort. And then they stay either three or five days there and get brought back out. But it's not you don't have to come as a group. We have singles booking, we have couples bookings, we have group bookings. It's really up up to the individuals what they want to do. And if they want to partake in the excursions, they can. If they just want to lounge around and get the spa treatments or stay in the lounge, have a couple of drinks, eat, read, walk, uh, do whatever. It's it's a full facility, full room service, 24-7 hotel setup kind of scenario. Okay. Well, great. I have some more questions about that uh, that I want to ask you uh, about seasons and such of travel, but we'll uh, get to that right after we have one more break uh, from our sponsor, and then we will be back with Mike Mueller and Elena Nelson, co-founders of Perfect Earth Tours online at www.perfectearthtours.com. And this is Sean Daly. We'll be right back. Listen to Money, Mission, and Meaning. Passion at work, purpose at play. A weekly audio program bringing you success in the business of life on personallifemedia.com. Hey, everybody, we're back and we're talking today about eco travel and eco tourism and specifically about uh, destination resort spas and faraway, beautiful, exotic, remote locations. And I'm talking to Mike and Elena uh, from Perfect Earth Tours about that. And I was curious before the breakup, we were talking about. Um, you know, some of the specifics of the group size and uh, that you do 10 people at the property at a time and, and that's your capacity. And so it sounds like a very sort of personal experience and, and very um, special in that it's ver- it's a remote location and you really get to get away from it all. I'm curious about, I know we were just talking at the beginning of the podcast about the, the temperatures and such there. What, um, what, what are you looking at in terms of the seasons of travel? Is it year round or is it only specific seasons of the year? Well, the, the lodge or the resort actually operates three and a half months out of the year in June, July, and August, end of May and beginning of September. So it's a, it's a seasonal operation. Um, the weather at that part of the year is just beautiful. I mean, it's 80 degrees average. Um, there is no nighttime. It's a midnight sun during that time of the year up there. So you got about 21, 22, 23 hours of daylight and maybe an hour or two of dusk. Um, Yukon is famous for not having any flies, so I mean, it's, it's in regards to the actual environment, environment that you look at, that you see and experience. It's it's like a high alpine tropical paradise. Okay, great. Well, sounds sounds beautiful. Sounds wonderful. Um, and, and I'm also curious. I wanted to ask you about: Are you, are you guys really looking to serve? I mean, I, obviously, you had a vision for this that you're. It sounds like you're achieving. But I'm curious, are you also looking to really serve as an inspiration and a model for other companies, uh, either individuals or corporations that, that are looking to do this kind of travel in the industry, I mean, in this kind of resort? 
Yeah, and I, I, I think that's exactly it, Sean. If anything comes out of this thing, besides Alina and I needing to make a living for the family and, and, and recuperating, our, uh, recuperating our investment and stuff like that, if there's anything to be learned from this is that anybody can start any kind of business, make it sustainable, make, a, make something profitable without having to open up an oil change pavilion and draining down oil, the drainage, in order to make a, a, a bigger profit. And we've been approached by universities or by institutions in Canada in regards to holding uh, speeches and seminars and, and, and showcasing, you know, you can make a business, you can make it profitable, but at the same time, it actually has a positive net effect on the environment. I mean, everything we've calculated in regards to the travel, the staff, the, 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 the organic ingredients, the chefs, the kitchen, the, everything combined once the guests leave the resort, they actually have a net positive impact in regards to low, lowering uh, global warming because of their donations, because of the offsetting program, and so on and so forth. And if we can inspire one or two people to change their businesses around, that's exactly what this is about. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that, you know, that really is what I think creates change is, is actually seeing uh, you know, whether it's a film or a direct personal experience, whether it's, you know, traveling on vacation or, or otherwise of someone living or, or working in a business or having created a business in this case, that is that depth of sustainability. It's a different way of thinking. And, and that truly, I think, is what creates change because people get inspired and they go back and, you know, in many cases, incorporate that into their own lives and businesses. I mean, the best example Elena has in regards to the teepees, I mean, she can, she can elaborate on that. But uh, the effect of finding those teepees, and now for the producer, I mean, go ahead, t- tell them how, how the, what the story was there. It was beautiful. Well, when I first uh, started looking into getting a teepee and talking about organic fabrics, um, one of the first calls that we had from a, a teepee maker was that it was impossible. It was cost prohibitive because the machines are in Europe that they use to make this fabric. And... Uh, then it comes into the United States and gets its fire retardant, and then that's where all the fabric comes into is one place because it's a, a federal requirement. Um, so after that call, I was uh, a little bit uh, depressed about perhaps where we were going to be able to go, but then it was a matter of hours. Uh, I had another phone call from another TV maker, um, a native, actually, TV maker, who said, this is exactly what we're trying to do is lessen the impact on the earth. How can we help? And uh, what's evolved from that is uh, we're dealing with a teepee maker who is um, doing her own research into finding someone who can manufacture or ha- already does manufacture an organic cotton canvas that will be uh, sufficient and um, will work well with the teepees that she makes. Um, as well as looking for um, alternative, environmentally friendly uh, water repellent treatment, and as well as the fire retardant treatment. We've had a little bit of a uh, an issue with the fire retardant. There, unfortunately, are too many laws at the moment that uh, don't allow us to do exactly what we want to do, but we are still pushing that issue and trying to make it happen. Um, but this is that 1% that Mike was talking about where we just don't really have the control over. But uh, if we have to go this year with something that doesn't fit in exactly with what what we're trying to achieve, we will not be stopping during the rest of the year to try and make that happen and ask the questions and get people thinking and looking at alternatives. And hopefully somebody's going to pop their head up one of these days and go, I've got what you need. 
and uh, make this all happen. And that's been the really beautiful thing about this whole process is is listening to the excitement and the uh, the um, enthusiasm from people that we talk to about yes, let's make this happen. Just asking the questions and getting people to think differently about what we're doing. Um, you talked about uh, the impact and, and the education that we're going to be able to to provide to people about having green businesses. There are businesses out there that are, are making steps in, the, in this direction, but there's just such a huge gap between what's, what's possible and what's being done. And we're hoping to sort of close that gap a little bit by showing, you know what, there are people out there that can provide these services and products. Let's start demanding it from them and just make that whole business flourish. I mean, the, the business, the woman that's doing our teepees now, or that business that's doing our teepees, she is now, based on the research that Alina has done and that we found out, she is now capable to call herself the first organic teepee maker in North America or the world because it didn't exist before. So based on yeah, you facilitated her. In yeah, so Alina's research helped her find a niche to all of a sudden just not be a regular teepee maker, but she can now, and she's totally stoked about the whole thing. I mean, she's just emailing and she's so excited. It's like, I can now sell organic teepees. That's what she always wanted to do. She just thought it wasn't possible. Right. They didn't have the whereabouts. She needed the perfect customer. And more importantly for her, which she had already been doing when we got in touch with her, is she doesn't have to expose herself to these horrible chemicals um, that she's working with in the fabric. I mean, they, they pressure spray the canvas with the chemicals to protect it, and she's breathing that in while she's working. So the impact of, of what we do to the products that we use, I mean, we talked about the cost of, of going green. It goes well beyond what I pay for a product. It goes back to uh, the children in India who are being forced to work 14 That's and 16-hour right. days to pick the cotton, the conventional cotton, mm-hmm. that is actually, you know, it's uh, doused with thousands of chemicals to, to make it grow better. And these poor kids are getting sick by that. If you co- talk about the cost of going green, right there, I mean, it's look at what you're doing for the world. Yeah, well, it's, it's so amazing the story that goes behind each of these things. I mean, you talk about the covering for the teepee for the resort, and then right. what's the story behind that, and where does that come from, and what are the effects on, on humanity and the environment? Um, it's just, it's amazing. And I, I wish we had more time. We're out of time, unfortunately, today to talk more. But I want to thank both of you for being on the program. It's been very, uh, very interesting, very informative, and uh, very exciting to hear about this, uh, the business concept you've come up with here. Uh, certainly, we wish you much success in your future endeavors and uh, at your, for your opening in May. And um, my guests today have been Mike Mueller and Elena Nelson, who are the co-founders of Perfect Earth Tours. It is an eco-wilderness spa and resort outside of Whitehorse, Yukon, Canada. And you can find out more about them online at www.perfectearthtours.com. Mike and Elena, thanks again for being with us. Hey, Sean, it's been our pleasure and honor, and uh, keep up the good work you guys are doing there at Green Living, man. It's, it's all about spreading the word. Thanks, thanks for well. the opportunity. Thank you, both. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. 
find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.